Domingo Santana, ooh, I wanna add you to my roster. In Roto, replacing Gio Soto, Giolito, and Brito, baby, where my fab go? Near the Florida Keys, there's a place in Miami, that's where you wanna be to get ahead of your Everybody, you had maybe a maybe a little bit of a rough week. Friday, feeling it, been working hard. Kick back, relax. It's Kokomo Friday. Scott and Adam are here. That's where we want to go. Way down to Kokomo, Scott. Happy, happy Kokomo Friday. That's where I'd go. Yeah, that is where. Yeah, go there with you. Go there with anybody. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take a bunch of two star pitchers to Kokomo with us this week. And we are going to recap Wednesday and Thursday and tell you what you may have missed. All right, everybody. Fantasy Baseball at CBSI.com. I'm going to read some emails as well. Scott, we don't have much time today. We're going to have to talk about the Dodgers rotation. Ross Stripling is back. Alex Wood is out. We're going to have to talk about two legends who are retiring. Pedro Strope. You're going to have to find a replacement for him. That is not crystal clear. And we could be getting an awesome closer back next week. So a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. But let's start with this. Do you have any standout performers from Wednesday or Thursday that you'd like to talk about? And if not, just let me know. I'm happy to throw some your way. Well, David Dahl I thought was interesting yesterday. I think he's having an interesting season overall. I feel like if he played more consistently, we might have – reason to get excited about him because I don't think it's a situation where we're waiting for him to regain his stroke after an extended time lost to injury anymore. You look at the batted ball profile compared to 2016, obviously missed all of last year with the rib injury, but 2016 had that great uh, shortened rookie season that had everybody excited about his potential at Coors Field. Well, compared to that, his strikeout rate, his walk rate, virtually identical. He actually has a higher line drive rate, a much higher ISO. Uh, now, he had like a 400 BABIP in 2016, which maybe explains the difference in production. But that is not something you could expect anybody to sustain, of course. And David Dahl batted leadoff yesterday, got three hits and a double. And, uh yeah, I'm, I mean... I. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not I think he's already usable. I don't but. know. Uh, here's here's the thing, because I was going to talk about David Dahl. We're on the same page. Forty six percent owned. Bad against lefties this year. Bad on the road this year. So I know he's on the road for six games next week. Yeah, I'll try to look at the matchups, which I'm sure will change. 
But, I mean, the fact is he's not playing every day, so that limits his appeal right away. And, and as of right now, he is scheduled to face Ryu, Kershaw, and Corbin. Also, mm-hmm. Bueller, Godley, and Granky. So it looks like the Rockies actually have pretty crappy matchups next week. They do. They do. Like they brutal have. matchups. My goodness. They have the second worst. Oh, so, yeah, so I, I it's a shame because Dahl is playing well if they keep him in the lineup, but I can't trust him with potentially three very good lefties on the schedule. I don't know if you consider Ryu very good, but Kershaw and Corbin and Ryu and uh, six road games. So that's kind of a shame. Um, yeah, the hitters are interesting right now. I mean, like, Giancarlo Stanton's been terrible. He is in a deep slump. You, you can't get rid of him. Uh, you yeah, can't, I, I mean, dropped him. All the grief you gave me about leaving him out of my <laughs> projected second round when I did that during the All-Star break. And uh, I left him out for the final final edition of that earlier this week. That's too. fine. I'll still give you grief. I'll still give you grief. Okay. That's fine. Because la- watch, wait to see what happens in the last two weeks of the season. He's going to go He's gonna go berserk. Look, he's still a good player. Oh, he's a great player. I just don't think he's one of the top 24 players in fantasy. Uh, yeah, You know what? When you really don't steal at all, it does put you behind the eight ball a little bit. So, um, Starley Marte, he's been terrible since the All Star break. He's batting two fifty six. He has six steals and thirteen attempts in forty five games. Like you could definitely sit Starling Marte in a points league. I don't know about a roto league. Uh, Scott, I think I think I'm ready to drop Kendris Morales if I picked him up. God, he's been dreadful since <laughs> that stretch. Yeah, they do have good matchups this week, but that's. You know, he's not my top ten sleeper hitters or anything. I've already done that, by the way, so I can actually make good. reference to it throughout the podcast. Good, good. And, you know, there's another hitter. We're going to go a little out of order today, but just give people what they need to know. There's another hitter that I was about to say definitely drop the guy. Rafael Devers sits against lefties. He sat against two of the last uh, two righties in the last six games. So Devers is, like, not playing, but last night Eduardo Nunez did leave with an injury. So that's that's the guy who's been sort of replacing Devers. You might want to wait and see there. But, I mean, I can understand being very frustrated if you own Elvis Andrews, if you own Rafael Devers, if you own Kendrick Morales, if you own Giancarlo Stanton. They're obviously on different levels. But, you know, it's it's crunch time, and uh, you got to figure out what you're doing right now. So we'll, we'll look at the most added list. We'll tell you who we've added and dropped and look at some hitters that could replace them. And Scott will give you some sleeper hitters as well. That'll be very fun. Uh, favorite two-start pitchers for uh, Fantasy Week 26? 7? <laughs> it's 26. There's 27 weeks this year since it's the season started on a Thursday. And there, there's more days on the season calendar this year because they built in more off days. Yes. So 27 weeks coming up on 26 here. My favorite two-start pitchers who might actually be available in some leagues uh, is going to be led by Joe Musgrove, who opens the week against the Royals and then the Brewers. But, you know, I like what he's been doing recently anyway, getting a lot more swinging strikes, uh, basically an elite rate with, uh, you know, really good walk rate. That's always been the case for him. He's a very good control pitcher. I also like Tyler Glass now. At Texas is not such a great matchup, but you know the fact he has two and really he's made only one bad start in his whole time with the Rays. Definitely somebody I'd be willing to use. He's only 59% owned. And then Brad Keller, I feel like we were talking about this last week, and I felt very good he would definitely make two starts last week. 
<laughs> apparently that hasn't been the case because here he is among the two start pitchers again at Pittsburgh at Detroit. Nothing wrong with those matchups. Obviously not the upside of the first two, but he's been reliable because he's such a good ground ball pitcher. Yeah, he was great in a one-start week. Uh, so even if you started him for two starts and you just got the seven innings of one-run ball and a win with six strikeouts against the White Sox, worked out very nicely for you there. And there's some that are actually pretty good who I didn't even mention, um, like Wade LeBlanc. No, not even Wade LeBlanc, the other Wade. Wade Miley. <laughs> I like his matchups this week. He's not He's not showing up on the CVS list because... That's what happens sometimes. But he's supposed to get Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Um, so he's a pretty good option. You know what? No, let's do it now, Scott. Let's do it We now. usually save two-star pitchers for the end. Let's do it now. And let's start at the top. Would you give any consideration to sitting the red-hot, super-awesome, red sock, David Price, at the Yankees and at Cleveland. Can't imagine doing that. He has been unbelievable over the past couple months. Okay. I agree. Um, his <laughs> God, he's so bad at Yankee Stadium. But without Aaron Judge, I completely agree. Um, let's see. We've got some non-obvious ones. We're good with Steven Strasburg, right? He's, he's back to being must-start yep. at Miami and yeah. home against the Mets. I mean, his velocity's still down, but, you know, he's, his last start was really good, and I think four out of five have been great. Yeah. Well, four out of five have either been really good or, or great. Yeah, he's, he's been just fine. Steven Strasburg and great matchups next week. John Gray at the Dodgers and at the Diamondbacks. I'm not sure I can trust John Gray at this point. He is really pitching poorly. Two straight starts of four innings. Two straight starts of six innings before that, or six or more, with one strikeout. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, I I wish his last start had gone better because the slider was back. He got a ton of whiffs in that start, but what was it, four in runs and four innings? So there there was a stretch of like three starts there where he just wasn't missing any bats because his, his breaking ball wasn't getting the movement it normally does. But that was back in his last start. And because, you know, it's two starts, I think I'd be willing to roll with them. Two road starts, too. You trust Anibal Sanchez against the Cardinals and Phillies? Yeah, that was one I was going to mention. He's technically less than 80% owned. So there's a chance he's somebody you could pick up. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it seems plausible he could not end up making two starts because it's a Tuesday, Sunday thing and they could insert Tuki Toussaint in there. But he's rarely bad. So even if it ends up just being one start. I don't think you're going to regret it too much. Anibal Sanchez, 74% owned St. Louis and Philadelphia. Uh, so Scott mentioned Joe Musgrove. He mentioned Tyler Glass. Now he mentioned Brad Keller. He mentioned Wade Miley. What about Wade LeBlanc at Houston and at Texas? There's no way. At Houston at Texas? Can't do Yeah. I, that's why I backed out of that. Yep. yep. Said the wrong Wade. <laughs> um, no on uh, DeSclafani. It's got to be a no, right? Nope. And Jake yeah. Odorizzi nearly no hit the Yankees on Wednesday. At Detroit and at Oakland? Uh, those are kind of polar opposite matchups there. I don't have a lot of faith in Odorizzi. A lot of walks, a lot of home runs. Uh, Suarez, Valdez, Aaron Sanchez have actually been pitching better lately. 
Aaron yeah, Sanchez Aaron's... is interesting. Forty percent owned. He's got good matchups. He does at Baltimore, especially, and then versus Tampa. But really good performances against Tampa and Boston in his last two outings. He's uh, I'd be willing to call him a sleeper. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the two I starts don't... before these last two good ones were awful. Eleven yeah. runs over eight and a third against Philadelphia and at Miami. So there's always a risk with Aaron Sanchez. And yeah, there's lingering doubt whether or not he's good. Obviously, was great two years ago, but hasn't shown a lot since then. Between injuries, yeah. Jordan Zimmerman has good matchups. He's just you know yeah. not that good. Uh, so okay, he's we're pitched not... okay recently, but I'm. I can't trust him. No. I'd be more likely to do like Ryan Barucki has those same matchups as Aaron Sanchez does and uh, is on a nice little run here. And those matchups for Sanchez and Barucki are at Baltimore and home against Tampa Bay. Are you sure? Because we have Sam Gavilio as the other two-star pitcher. I am as sure as I can be of any pitching matchup this time of year. Okay. Okay. Well, you're gonna, uh, have, you're gonna have to take it up with CBS then. <laughs> yeah, I for, that was a change I had to make when I was going through the matchups. So I can't remember what I saw that made me change it, but, but yeah, I'm going with my prediction right, that Barucky makes two starts. All right. And then, and then, you know, if you're looking at Felix Pena, he is not bad, but at Oakland, at Houston, it's just too now risky. I don't think he's going to make two starts. Okay, because there's that. I was corrected. I quote tweeted an Angels beat writer after his start this week, where he threw six shutout innings against the Ranger. So I just said Adam for two starts next week, and the beat writer who I quoted said, "I'm not confident he's going to be making two starts." Okay, okay. I I think there's a chance Tyler Skaggs comes back midweek. Um. When I looked into it further, that's not what the beat writer said, but that that seems to be a possibility. If not that, then they could just have somebody else make up a spot start and push Pena out. That is your look at two-star pitchers for Fantasy Week 26. Two weeks to go. Wow. Uh, news and notes. Trevor Cahill was scratched with a strained back. They don't seem overly concerned right now, but, hey, you never know. Uh, Ross Stripling is replacing Alex Wood in the rotation. They're pushing Hyunjin Ryu back to Monday to make him a two-star pitcher next week. But Stripling is back in, and Stripling was really good in his start just a few days ago in like three and a third or whatever it was, but like he's yeah. he's a must-start, right? Uh, well, I mean, until we know he's fully extended. I don't know that I'd call him must-start, but I like him. I think he should be owned. Yeah, okay. And how about – oh, we got to talk about the Cubs bullpen. But first, David Wright is going to play one game this year, at least one, and then he'll retire. And Joe Maurer may retire this offseason. Mm, Scott, yeah. we're, lo- we're losing a couple of baseball legends to retirement. Yeah, making me feel old because both of those guys went to their career start. I got to feel like it wasn't that far before I started working for CBS. Who, Maurer? Same thing with Wright. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Maurer was 2004. Yeah, I started in 2007. Yeah, all these guys you retiring. Are old. Man, I'm old. You are I'm old. old. You have two kids. Of course you're old. Uh, Pedro Strope's going to be out a while with a hamstring injury. Who are we looking at in the Cubs bullpen? So my initial thought was Carl Edwards, who has great strikeout ability. There's also Steve Ciszek, who good numbers this year and has a history of closing. 
but I'm not sure it matters because Brandon Morrow, it sounds like, is going to return before the end of next week. He's had a couple good bullpen sessions and obviously was a great closer before going on the DL. I think, if anything, it creates some clarity there that um, you know the Cubs have plenty of incentive to move him back into the role since Strope is probably going to miss a couple weeks. Now, could you start Morrow next week not knowing exactly when he's going to get back? Probably not. And then only, that only leaves one week after that. But nonetheless, he's the Cubs reliever to own right now, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a he's daily league. I'm in a daily league where I'm picking up closers on Monday and starting them on Tuesday, you know, and picking them up on Tuesday, starting them on Wednesday. So you might be able to sneak in a few saves from the Cubs, but Justin Wilson and Carl Edwards, each of them, their last six appearances have been less than an inning. Steve Ciszek's been terrible lately, so I don't know who they turn to, and then, yeah, it's probably just going to be Morrow when he gets back. Clay Buckholtz was scratched with a stiff elbow. Yadier Molina's back. He did leave yesterday early, but it was like a seven-run game. Uh, Aroldis Chapman could be back next week, which would be really nice. And Gene Segura has been out with flu-like symptoms. More bullpen stuff for you. So who can we pick up? You know, I was – it's so interesting, Scott, because, like, this time of year, you wouldn't expect there to be closers available, but – in this same league that I mentioned, head-to-head categories, 12 teams. Last week I picked up A.J. Minter. Uh, I was going to pick up Will Smith, but oh, two days ago I picked up Hirano, who of course blew a save. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to pick up Will Smith, but they are so bad. They have they never get saves. Like they don't have a save in September yet. So, but you know, my point is because of the way bullpens have been this year. I am finding a lot of guys who could get saves on the waiver wire. Um, and as we look at these situations, Jose Alvarado is someone I think that should be picked up. We still have really? not located Sergio Romo. Uh, but I I have seen a report that he's fine. Okay, well, they, they just don't just, like They it. haven't had a save this month. The they got one last night. Okay. Well, or Wednesday. They save this month. Wednesday they got one. <laughs> and it was Alvarado. Yeah. Well... Okay, I see your point. Well, I, he doesn't need to be picked up, but I think he's a candidate for saves. Um, Gazelman probably going to get most of the saves for the Mets. That seems to be clear. Hirano was the guy that we told you to get, and it, it I mean it was the logical thing to do. But he gave up a he gave up two home run. Uh, well, he gave up like a two run homer or whatever. He blew a save on Wednesday. I forgot yeah. the circumstances. It was at Colorado. I don't know who gets the next chance, but it was Hirano. Uh, Boxberger's just awful. He had another bad appearance. Uh, I'd still bank on Hirano getting the next chance. Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's a lot of closers. You know, obviously there's some leagues where everybody just scoops those guys up right away, and there's never saves on the waiver wire. But there's a say if there's a league where the Hiranos of the world. Um. Who else? Who else? Well, I, I think Alvarado. I think. Um, yeah. If there's if there's leagues where those guys are available, there, then there's a good chance that even higher end ones are available. Just looking at the ownership percentage, um, you know, you don't have to go with the new guy who just entered the role. You could go with. Uh, let me see here. Well, I mean, Gazelman, like you said, uh-huh. it, it has been in it for a while now. He's 32% owned. Um, 
You know, Willie Peralta has. Willie Peralta, yep. He gets, yeah, I he gets mean, all their saves. saves in September already. Yep, he gets he's, all their saves. And yep, Michael Givens, I mean, they're the worst team in the world, but Michael Givens gets saves for Baltimore. Yes, he does. And he, he's been good since being moved into that role. He's been better at really bringing that ERA down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kirby Yates is still 56% owned. Yeah, okay. He's, he could be, yeah, he, 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 like an elite reliever, hasn't gotten the save chances that Brad Hand did before getting traded, but he has three in the past uh, six days, five days. I uh, The only other situation I'm monitoring right now that I can think of would be Washington because Doolittle has struggled since coming off the DL, and Holland's been very good for Washington. So they gave Doolittle the chance yesterday. Well, he came in in a tie game in the ninth, got an out. Or I forgot. I think he pitched the ninth. Then he struggled in the tenth. Sometimes that happens, and it took the loss. So it's just something to keep in mind. They could opt for Greg Holland. All right, that's your bullpen update. Let's do this, Scott. We rank Armand Marquez every time he pitches. We rank Zach Wheeler every time he pitches for next year. Let's rank them against each other, and let's throw one more name in there. And I don't know why I went with this guy, but I went with Mike Clevenger. Rank them for next season. Zach Wheeler, Mike Clevenger, Armand Marquez. Mike Clevenger doesn't get enough credit, I don't feel like. And I don't think anybody's out there claiming he's actually bad, but you just don't hear him mentioned among great pitchers. He'd be my number one because, I mean, it's been a full season of this after like a half season last year of him being a front-end type pitcher. So he's number one. I would go Marquez two and Wheeler three. Just Marquez has the most strikeout potential of all three of them. And, yep. uh, Wheeler's good though too. Wheeler's, Wheeler's definitely going to be in my top 30 going into next year. Wow. Last 10 starts, he's a 132 ERA. He's been dominant in seven or more innings in nine of his last 11 starts. Yeah, I'm, my one concern about Wheeler and obviously his owners who are still competing for something this year don't want to hear it, but why is he still pitching? Because he was thrown like 90 innings the previous three years combined. Um, oh boy, that's a good point because he's, is he supposed to be a two-star pitcher next week? Uh, let me see that list. He, is is yeah I have him sixth in my two star pitcher rankings but I haven't heard any whispers of him being shut down like it I feel like it should have already happened it should have probably happened at the start of September um because they they have him under control for one more year why do they want to waste why do they want to risk what he could do in that year for what's clearly a lost year I don't understand but. Yeah. Nonetheless, he's still pitching and pitching well. He's pitching. He's pitching great for sure. Okay, we got more to talk about here. Uh, most out of this, we'll look at that. But how about any interesting ad drops that you have made lately? Um, that I've made lately. I'm not sure. Now you're no, on I'm cruise not. control right now. Your your well, teams are your teams. I wouldn't say that either. It's um, well, it it, it kind of is like I feel like when you reach, when you get this far and you're still competing, uh, 
a lot of times it's hard to make room for new guys, unless, of course, it's like a Herman Marquez and Tyler White. But, you know, those are kind of old news in the leagues I'm playing in. So, yeah. Yeah. I All right, that's fine. I'll, yeah, I got you, Scott. I picked up Kyle Gibson for this weekend. If you can still pick someone up and start him this weekend, Kyle Gibson is scheduled to face the Kansas City Royals. And he was looking kind of rough, but he's bounced back. He's 69% owned. Strikeouts are way down. Um, but I don't care that much against the Royals. I think he can still have a really good game against them. I keep telling you about all the bullpen guys I picked up. I keep mentioning mm-hmm. Michael Conforto, who had another big day yesterday and is still mm-hmm. like 70% owned, so he might be available. And those are the guys yeah. I'm keeping an eye on right now. So other than Tyler White, who is still less than 70% owned, uh, Malik Smith has come back from that DL stint for an illness yeah. just as hot as he was before. It's six steals in nine games. That's 17 and 39 games since the All-Star break, during which he's batting three thirty-eight. Uh, Adalberto Mondesi, who we've talked about, has been, uh, like a transcendent base dealer in a year when nobody might get to 40. You realize that, Adam? Nobody might end up with even 40 stolen bases this wow, year. Wow, really? Yeah, Trey Turner has the best chance. I think he's at 37. Uh, and now, well, Will, Whit Merrifield's made a nice run over the past couple of days. I think he's up to 36. So I guess he has a chance too. Uh, Turner's at 38. Oh, Whit Merrifield, like, I'm glad you brought him up. Let's just, let's just talk about Whit Merrifield lately, because this guy is stealing, like, a fiend out there, Scott, and he's having a really nice year. I know the power isn't really there, but since the All-Star break, he has 18 steals. Oh, I think 19 now. I think he has 19 steals and 22 attempts in 51 games. Because I did these stats before he played yesterday, and he stole another base. 19 steals in 51 games since the All-Star break, plus a two ninety three batting average. He's hitting about three hundred this year. Um, that guy, I mean, that guy, Whit Merrifield has been, he's going to win some people some leagues. He's been that good down the stretch. And we never talk about him because he just kind of does his thing. Yeah, he's been, I, he has not been a disappointment, I think, in any capacity. He had 19 home runs last year. He has 12 this year. I mean, 19 is probably... The very max of what he can do in that area. But he hits for average, really good line driver, hit a really good contact hitter. And this is the second straight year he's probably going to lead the AL in stolen bases. So uh, he's certainly a top 10 second baseman. Uh, And outfield eligible, too, which is nice. First base eligible, too, though. I doubt you'd play him there. But, yeah, getting back to Alberto Mondesi, he's been like a 60 on like a 60 steal pace since becoming a regular for the Royals uh, hitting for some power too. I think he's pretty close to must add right now. Certainly in leagues that value stolen bases, he's only like 40% owned Jonathan VR, kind of the same story uh, running a lot more with the Orioles. And since that trade, he's been top six at both second base and shortstop, even in points leagues. So not even the one where you value steals as much. So those are three hitters who I don't know that I've necessarily added them in leagues because there hasn't really been a need, but I could definitely get excited about adding them. Malik Smith, Adalberto Mondesi, and Jonathan VR. All right, I'll give you one more as we look at the most added list. I just want to see the splits here. Um, uh, No, actually, I think you can still add them. Luke Voigt. 
Luke Voigt is the number two player on the most added list, and he sat a little bit this week because I think he had a back issue, but he's definitely their uh, their starter. And Jake Junis is the number one player on the most added list. He's only a one-star pitcher next week. He's a two-star pitcher this week. Next week, though, he'll face Detroit. So Junis has been good enough where you can start him in a one-star week, and he's 73% owned. Voigt is uh, 40% owned, and he has the Red Sox next week, but also the Orioles. And the Red Sox are throwing... They're not throwing Chris Sale. So it's uh, David Price, Eduardo Rodriguez, and like Brian Johnson or something like that. Nobody too scary in that third start. And then the Orioles. So Voigt, 40% owned, second most added player. Um, I thought he was better against lefties than righties. Actually, been better against righties. Uh, Scott Wade Miley is on this list. You talked about him. Uh, Framber Valdez is fourth on this list. He's a two-star pitcher, but not one that we're recommending. And then what is this all about? Jorge Lopez. Oh, yeah, all right. He's RP eligible. He's given up two earned runs over 15 innings in his last two starts against Baltimore and at Minnesota. Jorge Lopez actually pitches today against the Twins. And if uh, if that goes well, you might start him at Detroit, which means there are going to be three Royals pitchers that you might start next week. Junis, Keller, and Lopez. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. N- and none of them are Danny Duffy. He's, of course, out for the yeah. year. Adam Wainwright is on this list. Sixth most added player. No. Don't do it, people. Don't do it. Dodgers this weekend. Just say no. Actually, the only thing, if he pitches even halfway decent against the Dodgers this weekend, he does get the best matchup in baseball, the San Francisco Giants, next week. Uh yeah, I know. Still want to trust it. That's that's when the Giants snap out of their funk. Against Wainwright? We get Adam Wainwright now. Mm, they get Wainwright. Yeah. And Mike Miner, if you can pick him up for this weekend, he's a tremendous ad. Mike Miner at San Diego. He is 64% owned. Jonathan Villar is on this list. Alberto Mondesi is on this list. Felix Pena, not going to make two starts next week most likely. Kevin Kiermeyer, 26% owned. He's been hot lately. Um. Yeah, a lot of guys we've talked about. Uh, Carlos Martinez, seventy-eight percent owned. He's a closer. Oh, Ramon Laureano. Yep. Ramon Laureano Scott has been leading off for the A's, and in his last twenty-three games, he has a ten thirty-two OPS. Good numbers that, all around. That is not an arbitrary range you just gave too, because twenty-three games. That's the beginning date there is when he became the primary center fielder for the Athletics. A 10.74 OPS, you said, right? Uh, I had it. I think 10.23. Is that what I said? Uh, 10.32. 10. Okay, so maybe. Oh, whatever. 10. 10 something. Well, whatever. 10.74 since August 20th would be when he became the the Athletics everyday or primary center fielder. And with his, you know, he had an OPS over 900 in the minors this year too. Um, who is this man? He's, he's more Laureato. than just a big arm in center field. Oh yeah, he's a fun fielder. He's led off uh, seven or eight straight games. Yeah, I mean it, he's like twenty five percent owned. He's been a great hitter lately. Are you are you buying it? He, I mean it's it's a high babbit, so there's some skepticism there. But it it seems like there's enough ability here with the power. Uh, that he could he could emerge as a fantasy asset, and the Athletics have good enough matchups this week 
three-game series, or uh, they're going against the Angels and the, Mar- and the Twins. A few homer-prone pitchers. Uh, he's in my top ten sleeper hitters for this week, Loriano. Somebody who, if you need an extra bat, like I'm not prioritizing him on the same level as the other three I mentioned, three big base stealers, but if you need an extra bat, it's a good time to make a play for him. Would you start Ramon Laureano over Cole Calhoun, who has a 530 OPS in his last 23 games? So Lur- I it, it, am. Yeah, Laureano in his last 23 games has, has basically doubled Cole Calhoun's OPS in Calhoun's last 23 games. That's incredible. I like that Calhoun's still walking. 14 walks in that stretch. But, boy, he's been ice cold. I'm going to go pick up Ramon Laureano right now, Scott White. He'll steal you some bases. Some. I am into this. We found it. We found the guy. Loriana? I hope so. If not, I blame you. I'm going to drop Pedro Strope and pick up Ramon Loriano. Beautiful. All right. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, let's talk about some one-star pitchers for next week, and then you can give us some sleeper hitters, and we'll read some emails. Would you trust Derek Holland at San Diego? Holland is 40% owned. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Would you trust Daniel Ponce de Leon? I thought he had two starts, but he's not on our list, so he's probably at Atlanta next week. Um, it's He's interesting. I don't know that I'd trust him. I don't know that I'd be ready to start him just because there hasn't been. He hasn't had a long enough stretch where he's actually been in the rotation, but... I think he's made only three starts all year. But you could say all three starts were good starts. One of them was only four innings, but he had eight strikeouts in it. So uh, I'd rather not start him, but you could do worse. Okay, that's Ponce de Leon. Uh, how about Chase Anderson against the Reds? I would not trust him. I don't know that I'll ever trust him again. Carlos Rodon at Cleveland. He has 11 quality starts in his last 12 starts. Carlos Rodon. Yeah, but strikeouts have been up the last couple starts. And, walks have been I'm up. I'm sorry, walks have been up and still not getting the strikeouts. And against Cleveland, that's one of the best offenses in baseball. Rather not. Rather not do it. How about Luis Severino against Boston next week? I would. <laughs> I I think I'd be inclined to start him. I'd have to have a really. Really strong selection of alternates, alternatives to not do it. Yeah, two of uh, Severino's last three starts are coming against Boston. One of them, <sighs> it's possible, it, it's possible that one of them is going to be like Boston's B team because it's, I think, the last series of the season. It is. Yeah, they'll have nothing to play nothing. for then. Yeah, they'll Unless have the one seed clinched. That helps. Uh, just a correction on Ponce de Leon. He's actually made four starts this year, and one was bad, but the other three really good. How about Eduardo Rodriguez at the Yankees? Man, he was good yesterday, right? He was great yesterday against Toronto. I'd do it. I'd start him. Austin Gomber at Atlanta. He was awful yesterday. Yeah, he was. And that was after... That was uh, after giving up eight runs over six starts. Yep. That's the exact stat I was looking for. But... Not a lot of reason to trust that that was 
legit. His walk rate's high. His long drive rate is absurdly high. There's going to be a lot of base runners for Gomper going forward. Dylan Bundy against Toronto. Uh, no, I can't trust him, but wow, was he impressive yesterday. Yeah, against the A's. His best start since like May. Yep. Uh, yeah, against, against, with a really tough matchup. Eight strikeouts on 16 swinging strikes. The slider was dominant. What's frustrating about Dylan Bundy, because he's been obviously up and down, uh, drastic swings in production throughout the season. Last season, same thing. And he's just never offers any insight into what's different. Well, they uh, Showalter talked about his breaking ball just being awesome yesterday. All right, Scott, because you have to go in like seven minutes. Let me go through the rest here. Would would you trust Mike Leake at Houston? No. Sandy Alcantara against either Washington or Cincinnati at home. I kind of am coming around to him a little bit, but – uh, if it's Cincinnati, maybe, but I'd rather not. Joe Ross at Miami or home against the Mets next week? No strikeouts good, yesterday for Joe Ross. Good matchups, and he was throwing hard, as harder than he ever did last year. But, um, no, I need to see more. What is happening in the White House? <laughs> Scott White's uh, house, not the other White like House. like people working on the lawn outside oh, the window. Tell him to stop. Steven Matz at Philadelphia or maybe at Washington next week. Uh, I'd rather not. I'd rather not. Steven Matz? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'd be more interested in Steven Matz, I suppose. Yeah. I just, I, he's getting ground balls. He's getting strikeouts. He's just, I'm still waiting for him to throw the slider that made him so good as a rookie. Maybe I should stop waiting for it and just trust in yeah. what we're seeing lately. I mean, we're you know, getting getting late for that. Scott, give me the sleeper hitters for next week and the best matchups. You want all of them? You want me to just I want reveal? you to do whatever you can do in about two minutes. Okay. Sleeper hitters. Well, let's start with the matchup. Best matchups are the Rays, who are at Texas and at Toronto, seven-game week. Malik Smith. The Reds. The Rays, the Reds, the Tigers, the Pirates, and the Twins. So Scott Shebler, maybe? Yeah, Scott Shebler. They're facing three left-handers in their seven games, which is good news for him. Reverse platoon splits guy. That was true last year as well. Nice. Uh, Shebler's among the top ten sleeper hitters. Josh Bell's been kind of hot recently. He's, you know, if you're desperate, he's somebody you could look into. Um, Worship matchups, the Red Sox. Rockies, who we mentioned, White Sox, Braves, and Cardinals. Uh, a lot of the ones? sleeper hitters we've mentioned throughout the show already. White, Malik Smith, Mondesi, VR, Shebler, Loriano. I won't spoil the others. Okay. Yeah, I check will. The possible effects of Florence, which obviously won't be a hurricane at the start of next week. It should a good chance it's still a tropical depression, and it'll be hanging out in the mid-Atlantic uh, the teams that are hosting games early next week that I think could be impacted are the Pirates, Indians, Orioles, Phillies, and Yankees. And the teams that they're facing are the Royals, White Sox, Blue Jays, Mets, and Red Sox. So that's 10 teams total, one-third of the league. It doesn't look like it would be more than a day for any of them. So I don't know that it really needs to change your approach, but it's good to be mindful of it and... uh 
there there will be some impact next week, I'm pretty confident saying. All right, we'll read some emails to finish the show. This is from Casey. Pick four of these guys. Pick four. Jose Quintana at the White Sox. Uh, Kyle Hendricks at Arizona. Ryu against Colorado. Archer against Kansas City. Flaherty at Atlanta. Fires against Minnesota and Gray at the Dodgers. All right, that's a lot of names. That is a lot of names. I'm gonna get rid of Gray. Gray's no. What? There's these. Oh, these are we're, good. We're not talking. We're not talking a two star scenario. Right. Right. Okay. Um, Quintana at the White Sox. I'm probably going with that. Yep. Sounds good. Fires against in. Minnesota. Uh, okay. I got the list pulled up here. Flaherty Atlanta's a must. Yeah. Okay. Katana yeah. Flaherty. Uh, uh, and you know what? I think I'd rather go Archer versus Casey instead of Quintana at White Sox. Oh, we need four total. Okay, so that's three. And then the fourth will be Fires in Minnesota. Or versus Minnesota. Brandon from the Pacific Northwest needs to cut one hitter, Scott. Cut one in a categories league. Abreu, Brantley, Marwin Gonzalez, Tyler, F- Tyler White or Tommy Pham. Abreu, Brantley, Marwin Gonzalez, Tyler White, Tommy Pham. Marwin Gonzalez. Not even a contest. Alright, that's easy. Jonathan needs one closer. Ty Buttry, oh I forgot about him. Or Carl Edwards. Buttry. Uh, I will go with Buttry. Nick. <laughs> I know you like to say Buttry. Um, <laughs> Nick says, uh, do you like James Shields against Baltimore today. I don't like him. I could understand why somebody might start him. Uh, Jin needs to drop one. DJ LeMayhew, Jose Abreu, or Tyler White? Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I might drop uh, LeMayhew since they're on the road all week facing good pitchers. Oh, that's but a he, good point. But he has been very He's good. having a he has, he's having this best power year ever. I mean, I can't uh, drop Tyler White, so it's either Abreu or the man. Right. Right, which is funny. Uh, but I agree with that assessment. Yeah, if, it, if you're thinking short term and you have other second basemen, I guess LeMahieu is the one to drop. Okay, and see if I can get one more in here. I will, I'll respond to them personally. Um, if I, if I have time. Wes from Oakland, Scott, needs to drop two for next week. Which two should he drop? Brantley, Otani, Gallo, Piscotti, Conforto, Renfro, McCutcheon. I would drop... OBP League, by the way. I would drop Brantley. What? Brantley sucks. He doesn't do anything. I guess he's most valuable in the points league, but he's pretty much elite there. Elite doesn't do um, anything. Well, yeah, because he doesn't strike out. Yeah. But this is a categories league with OBP. It is a categories league. It's not a points league. Uh, I don't think I'd drop Brantley. I'd be more likely to drop Conforto and Renfro. Conforto! Who both, He's who killing it! Among my sleeper hitters this week, but I mean, I don't know. This is a, this is a tough one. Like, I, we're, we're obviously to the point where you don't have to think rest of season. You can just think about the week ahead. So any of them are droppable. Just which ones are you least likely to start is what I would say. 
For me, and, it's Brantley uh, and either Renfro or McCutcheon. For Scott, it's Conforto and Renfro. I don't even know that that's true. I'd, I'd have to look over the matchups thoroughly. Gallo, am I going to start net him next week? And... OBP league, I would. Yeah, probably. Yeah, we got to go. A's have good mat- have favorable matchups. McCutcheon, maybe McCutcheon. Yeah, I'd be fine with it. Just uh, they have good matchups too. Yeah, that's a do. tough one. Sorry, Wes. I it's it's too much to process for the time we have here. <laughs> All right, well, we are out and uh, have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you on Monday. Let's get to that championship round. See ya. Don't let the bandits scare ya Machado, 